the bug guys come around, which necessary because we live in Texas. Um, so Taylin was like all excited because someone was finally awake with her that early in the morning. Yeah. Other than Vinny who wakes up to go to work. So he wakes up and like leaves and then she's just kind of like waiting there. And so we had like a cute little breakfast together. We like, I uh-huh. made little pancakes. She, she made some eggs. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice. I, I will not be up at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow. So I don't know <laughs> that it'll happen again, but it was nice while it lasted. Yeah. Well, that's like, that might just like bring you back into it though. Like my, maybe it'll my, like kind of trigger and get you like to wake up a little bit earlier. Cause I know you've been working on that. My issue tends to be like, if I don't have a reason to wake up, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I can set the alarm for as early or as like mid morning as I want to. But if there's not a reason for me to get out of bed, it's not we'll just, we'll just start scheduling our recordings at night. Oh, <laughs> I won't even know my own name. Yeah, we'll just be like, hi, like, yeah, like it's like with our welcome coffee. To, welcome Bags to In Bed with Books. My name is Alf. Like, <laughs> we're, we're still in bed. <laughs> yeah. We're like, like have, on the bed. We have, we have bags under our eyes. We're like, <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we record late at night. Yeah. The when later, the better. Alive. Well, and, and it's for me it's later because like I actually like I do wake up in the morning time (laughs) um and so for me it's good because then I'm like up late and I get like the I get like slap happy (laughs) yeah (laughs) like and I'm just like I can't like handle myself (laughs) and then I just become like a relatively normal person yeah as opposed to my normal you're like fully you're like at your peak (laughs) yeah exactly exactly uh (laughs) See, so that was that was my day. What about you? My day, I went to work and had to set up this whole phone system. It was dumb, but not very interesting. I got a raise. <gasps> I got a nut, another nut a raise, and I will um... never do that again. I promise. <laughs> what did you do? I wasn't watching. No, I told you I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you can watch it in the recording. No. Um, but it's so cute because so Milo and I work our Friday is the same day so like Mm -hmm. he's at work right now and he gets off at like eight or nine and I today's my Friday because I had like the next three days off and he has like the next three days off so we're like date night and then like it's like nine o'clock when he gets home and I'm like (laughs) oh my god like um, I had to like go to be at work at nine this morning, so yeah, but it was like date, yeah, in the kitchen, yeah. I was like, video I game the day, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, video game day. So he's like, maybe we'll because I'm like kind of feeling under the weather. He was like, mm-hmm. maybe we'll just like have a video game like date or something, and I'm like, yeah. But last week we went on this drive, um, we went to Bellevue, which is just on the other side of Lake Washington. And mm-hmm. you can, he found like this park where you can like see the city, Seattle city, the Seattle city. Yeah. Um, well, when we got there, we couldn't see the city, but it was really cool. Oh. <laughs> you could see like the lights. Cause it was like dark out. Like you can see like the top of this really, the really tall building just barely through the trees, but it was still really cool and pretty. And like, um, 
So that was kind of nice. He's been kind of I feel like we went to that hill in Hampstead at some point. Because we went to that hill multiple times. But one of the times we went, it was just, like, foggy. Yeah. I think it was, like, that time that we got caught in the rain and we had to go to the calendar. Oh. Oh. But, like, I we, like, got up there and... (laughs) nothing like you're supposed to be able to see like most of london from that point oh like, yeah parliament view yes parliament point yep and we got up there and it was just nothing oh my gosh um but yeah. it's funny that you mentioned video games i was just thinking about this so i have let my ps2 sit untouched for probably close to like 10 years but recently Vinny and i have been talking about video games and stuff and i was like I've got a PS2 if my mom, if my mom <laughs> sent it to me, yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's still in like my pile of things that I kind of leave there until I eventually like settle down somewhere like at my parents' house. Yeah. So my PS2 is on, on the way now. She officially sent it today. And so nice. I'm going to get back to like my Star like Wars racing Crash Bandicoot. And, <laughs> yeah. And like kick Vinny's ass. <laughs> No, he's gonna totally whip my ass because he plays video games all the time. What 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 Star Wars game is it? It's is like it Star some Star Wars racing oh. game, but it's um, it's from the prequels because I got it around the time that the prequels came out. Yeah, and I just remember the absolutely disgusting characters because there's something about the like the Star Wars like background aliens in the original trilogy because they're like they're practical effects they're kind of cool looking they're yeah it was jim henson right so it was all like cool puppets and stuff and then when you watch the like the cgi rendition of his characters absolutely disgusting and they (laughs) use those in this in this like game it's so bad i love it i love every second of it i used to be really good at this game and it's gonna totally blow my ego when i lose no 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 no. your muscle memory will kick in and you'll kick i hope so I hope so. I believe in you. (laughs) My ego depends on it. (laughs) Me believing you or winning? (laughs) Winning. A little bit of both. Mostly winning. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't play a lot of video games, but the video games that I do play, I I get obsessive with. Yeah. Like I play I've played Skyrim through a few times, lots of times I should say. Dragon Age is really fun. Because there's romance in it. Okay, after a minor technical difficulty, yeah. which all of Seattle, you guys just. I love. I loved your message. <laughs> I was like, Mercury can go fuck herself, and you were like, she is. Yeah, she's very much enjoying herself. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. <sighs> but this okay. is season two. Yeah, I know. We're... We're so excited. <laughs> we recorded 13. This is our 13th episode. Yeah. Yeah. Episode like, 13. That's insane to think about. And counting. Uh-huh. It feels good. It feels good to like be finally like back. I mean, we're like, we know what works the entire We know what's week. yeah. We we made a website. We yep. are we have been writing blogs and reviews mm-hmm. and reading smut and yeah now we're like starting to get into our read read reads for the, the podcast mm-hmm. and we're like gearing up to like do it to chug along <laughs> i have no idea like a train 
Yeah. 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 Just chugging along it now. sucks because I don't know what I'm, what I look like because I just see you. Oh yeah. And there's just a little bitty me at the top. It was of the great. Screen. I'm going to be honest. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good. Someone has yeah. to appreciate So me. <laughs> on the books for today is welcome yes. back to in bed with books. Yes. We are your hosts, Melissa and Bethany. And today we are going to be, we, I don't know that we've really come up with like a good name for what we're doing today, Yeah, <laughs> but we're kind of selling books to each other. So we've yes. got a secret list of three books each. Yes. And our goal is to try to convince the other person to maybe possibly read it. Who knows if we're going to actually read the books, but yes, we need to make them sound appealing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, it's it's it was really fun like I kind of like came up with a few more than three just to kind of yeah. give myself like the freedom of like I don't know like they're so good all of them are so good and it was kind of fun like going back in time and like being like oh yeah like one yeah. of these like one of these series like I read when I was in eighth grade and I Damn. just remember yeah. it and I love it you know like that was a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah no I'm excited um, who, who's brave enough to go first? You, you're pointing to yourself, right? No, no, no. That's nose goes. That means you go. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll start. Um, I did. So this is the one that I read when I was eighth grade and I'm, I judge a book by its cover. Sorry. I do. Naturally, yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to feel like enchanted when I'm holding it and reading it. Um, mm-hmm. And we were at, we were at sea <laughs> at this little beach town with my, my friend in eighth grade. And we went into this bookstore and I spent like a little too long in there. And I just saw this book and I was like, Ooh, this looks like really good. And I just like bought it like $8. And and I, and I read it. It was really, really good. It was kind of like, I, I was, I, you know, I wasn't like a big reader, uh, honestly, until Lord of the Rings movies came out mm-hmm. and then like I was converted. Um, <laughs> and so I was looking for like something kind of fantastical like that, um, mm-hmm. again, which is like, that's a, that's a tall order coming yeah. from Lord of the Rings, but, yeah. but this was like for an eighth grader, <laughs> you know, it was like YA and, um, this is, it's called the, it's called the old kingdom series, which I didn't know, but the first book is called Sabriel. Oh my God. Sorry. It, I thought you froze. Cause it said you did, inter- you did freeze. I lost you for about 15 seconds. Okay. Um, after a long interlude of <laughs> technical difficulties, we're back. I now have wet hair because it is a completely different day and I showered a couple hours ago. So, <laughs> and I have completely different clothes. Yes. Because again, it's a completely different day yeah. and I like to change my clothes between days. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I started doing it recently, you know? Yeah. Just recently. Just very recently. Um, so like I was saying, um, Sabriel is the book mm-hmm. that I, the first YA series that I really fell in love with. 
Um, and it has, so the preface is she's this girl and I honestly don't really remember because I was in eighth grade, but I remember how I felt when I read it, which was, it was just really cool that, so it was, it's ba the world is like, the magic is ne necromancy. Mm -hmm. So she has this, I think she inherits, I can't quite remember, but she like gets hold of this bandolier of bells and like the biggest bell is like calls like the worst of the dead and then like oh, the, okay. the smaller bells like do like more i can't quite remember exactly like the whole like logistics but i just remember it just being like the lighter the bell and so like throughout the book she like kind of gets to a point where she has to like you know save the world and like has yeah. to like ring like lower bells and stuff um but there's like sidekicks like she has this matagot which i didn't know what a matagot was until we nice. read serpent and dove and yes. i was like that's what a matagot is which makes sense for necromancy because it's like yeah. an old soul or whatever yeah and i forget his name but he was hilarious like he was just this cat <laughs> so he actually spoke though yeah he spoke okay yeah that's nice that's fun. yeah so he like was like kind of the comic relief or whatever and then um there's this part where she comes across this stone statue and um at one maybe she rings a bell i don't remember touches it i'm not sure but then he like comes alive Ooh. yeah and then his name's touchstone and like they fall in love <laughs> Okay. I'm side-eyeing, but also I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he, like there's this scene where they're in this tumbling building and mm -hmm. she's like weak or something. I don't know. And he's like carrying her and he's just like, she, I just remember that. that's like the scene I remember the most <laughs> because like she was like, she was like paying attention to him. Like, sweating and like the veins coming out of his neck and he's just like like um running for a long time like down these stairs um with her anyways but there's two um so yeah there's like that's kind of the gist of what I remember but I just remember it just being like really really fun like world and just like a really interesting concept because like I'd never really read a lot of fantasy um and necromancy was like kind of this cool like dark thing but there's two other books. The second one is called Lyriel, which is her daughter. Their daughter, I should say. Uh -oh. <gasps> Did I give something away? Oh, um, it's like, what, a 20-year-old book, I'm sure. <laughs> we can we can probably give you a spoilers pass on that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, and then the third one is called Abhorsen, which Abhorsen is kind of the... Abhorsen is the, like, line of necromancers. Oh, so nice. that's like... So Sabriel's like her name, Lyriel's her name, and then Abhorson is like the Abhorson, you know, or whatever. So yeah, it's... I like books that good. do that, though. Um, this isn't a series that I'm... Or like a book that I'm bringing up here, so I don't mind bringing this up, but like uh, Amelia Atwater Rhodes has a series, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it on here before, uh, where they're like shapeshifters, and I can't remember what the series is called, because it, it was one that I read when I was in like eighth eighth grade mm -hmm. um but the first book is about one woman and then the next one is about her daughter yeah 
And then, so I like books that do that because then yeah. you still get the previous character, but you get like a really fresh new story. Yeah, like it's a different person, but the same like kind of situation, like the same uh, legacy. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fun. All right, your turn. Okay. So my first one is the hollows series by kim harrison i know for a fact that i've mentioned this one before and i probably about three or four years ago got taylin in on it i pull up the page because there are like 15 books in this series Mm. it's been around since let's see let me look at the first one i feel like you have talked about it before yeah 100 percent it was voted like best science fiction novel, best fantasy in 2004. Wow. So, I mean, like, this is an old series. Yeah. So, basically, it surrounds uh, Rachel Mariana Morgan, Rachel Morgan. And the world itself is this kind of like deviant timeline. It all happens like in present day. So, in like 2004. And they, they, so kim harrison kind of has never really clarified what the time period is so there's probably about like five or six years minimum between book 13 which was supposed to be the end and then the revamp of the series the revamp of the series is definitely caught up to like modern times even though like no time has passed in the books right so it is kind of just like vaguely present day so in like the 60s what is distinctly the 60s they had the turn and that was when some kind of virus was affecting tomato plants and killing off like humans, killing off people. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that like there was witches and elves and pixies and vampires and werewolves. They were just kind of like hiding in plain sight, but none of them were dying from the virus or whatever it was. And so suddenly everybody had to come out and be like, so the reason we're not dying is because we're not human. Fun fact. <laughs> and then, so this is like 40 years later, humanity is still adjusting to living side by side with magical beings. So Rachel, the main character is a witch. She's in her like early to mid twenties at the very beginning of the series, which was fun to read. I literally started this, this series in like early high school. I should not have been reading these books this young. There was like very explicit sex scenes in these books. And so I was like reading it in my bedroom, like trying to pretend that I'm not reading sex. My mom would ask about the book. Um, she comes in and she's like, what are you reading? <laughs> yeah, because the, they look like little, like the, they're, oh, I wish I had one on me. They are the kind of like mini size, like they'll fit right in your purse. Cause yeah, they're the, the same pocket. shape as like mm-hmm. the mom romance yeah. books where there's like 20 I love books those. in a series. Same. They're, they're Same. they're like a pocket they're actually called pocket books yes and and i quick side note i learned in my uh class that they started making books bigger because they were like like this you know like they are now because mm-hmm. they were like um bookstores didn't like did that to as like so that you could give them as gifts oh. like pocket books were supposed to be so that you could take them anywhere like you could like read massive yeah. books like anywhere instead of like holding yeah and i miss those and so that's why i like go to thrift stores and i find those because i like massive massive point 
massive selling point this whole series mm -hmm. is those little like the little minis nice and so i think my mom would see these and like her brain would go that looks like one of my books even though it's <laughs> she's not into fantasy i should say so i could i was never able to convince her to read one of them which is probably better when i was in high school and trying to hide the fact that there was sex in these books um so rachel is essentially like a cop in the way that they have them so there's like the human version of the police force and the fbi i think they're called actually the fib because it's like a mm. variant timeline basically sure and so everything is slightly off and then you've got the magic side of like the fbi equivalent and that's the is innerland security because their magical beings are called innerlanders now that i i'll just here's all of the folklore about it yeah <laughs> So the first, the very first book is like, she's in her early 20s. She's always wanted to do this, but the institution is really getting her down. And so she decides to become a private eye. Mm. And it's, it's really, it's, it's amazing because she's smart. She knows how to kick ass. She dresses in like early 2000s, kind of like slutty goth stuff. Yeah. She's always like, when she's about to go on a run, she's like, I got to put on my leather pants. Or she's already out and she like gets caught and she's like kidnapped or something. She's like, damn, why am I just wearing jeans? Like, why can't I ever look good when I get kidnapped? Yeah. Um, so there's her and then she's got her two sidekicks, her two like consistent sidekicks, which is Ivy, a vampire who comes from a very long line of very powerful vampires. Mm -hmm. But she hates the fact that one day she's going to die and lose her soul. And so she's very self-deprecating, which is very fun to read. Yeah. Um, you only ever get Rachel's point of view, but she's very, very empathetic. She's a very, very yeah. passionate person, compassionate person. And so seeing like Ivy's plight through Rachel mm -hmm. is amazing to watch unfold through the series. And then their third partner is a pixie named Jenks. He is absolutely amazing. He's only <laughs> supposed to be like four inches tall. But he's got more fight in like all four inches of him than either Rachel or Ivy have in themselves at any given moment. He lives in like their backyard with his family, which is his wife, and then his like 30 kids. Because <laughs> they're still technically like bugs. That's so cute. They have, they have, like, <laughs> That's a very so short fucking adorable. Lifespan. And then you just see she's like, you go outside and all of the all of his kids scatter. It's like a cloud. Because they also have like pixie dust. And so it's just this cloud of like pixie yeah. dust and like sparkling, just kind of like. Um, and also they live in an old church. Oh, yes. that's really cute. So they live like one of those big ones with like brick outside, just like very, very well fortified, mm -hmm. which is great too, because they're always fighting things that can't step on cons consecrated ground. And so they live on consecrated ground. <laughs> Wow. Like yeah. a lot of, I feel like a lot of thought went into this. <laughs> right? Yes. It's so good. Um, so there, you get that balance of, cause it's urban fantasy, like I said, present day. So mm -hmm. you get the balance of like fun, magical fantasy stuff, but also like sometimes she's fighting like this mix of like magic and medical unethical mm -hmm. shit. Sometimes she's yeah. fighting technical things and it's really really fun to watch well to read so again i've been reading these since like beginning of high school um her latest one just came out i think it was like end of last year or very beginning of this year and i just read that one it does not 
ever let you down. You see a nice. very, very strong character development through all like through all 15 books. It's it blew my mind actually because I did write a little mini review for our like on like mm-hmm. Instagram about it. Is that even after 15 books, I'm still invested yeah. in what's happening. Because your 20s are a very formative time. And I think Harrison like really, really gripped that with Rachel's character because throughout the the series, there's this kind of like breaking down of what they believe magic is and what they believe it comes from and how to do it most powerfully and how to do it most ethically. So the book also like, like normal kind of magic things has like dark and light magic, like white and black magic. But pretty early on, Rachel realizes that the rules around it are actually bullshit. Yeah. And so she goes from just working with like green, green magic, or she's like, every few weeks, she has to painstakingly do everything. She has to harvest all of the plants, spend four hours one night making all of the potions, sealing them in the right things, making sure she has a poke stick so she can poke her finger to make sure she can actually activate the potions at the right time (laughs) to like some pretty hardcore magic, like some pretty strong shit near the end. It's so empowering. Yeah. Yes. Rachel is- I really want to read it. (laughs) It's so good. You're selling it really well. Yes, yes. She's just this like short, skinny- she describes her body as like this skinny 12 year old boy sometimes with like long unruly curly red hair it's so good that's cute so i highly recommend i'm trying to convert more people to the church of rachel morgan of hollows (laughs) yes it's called hollows yes the hollows okay i remember you you've talked about a lot mentioned that a lot so yes the first book in the series is called dead witch walking so yeah yep well how do i top that (laughs) um good luck we were just gonna do three or just yeah we can just feel it out i mean we both got like lists let's just start at three and then see what time what we're at time wise um okay um so i read a Ursula K. Le Guin book in school, which is a good book, and we're going to read it in the po- for the podcast hopefully next season. Yes. Um, but I read a cu- I've read a couple of her books. She's one of the authors I've read probably more of than others. Like, you know, some authors you like you try them out and then you move on. <laughs> yeah. This one I was like I want to see what else she has. Mm-hmm. Um. So I've read th- I've read three of her books. Um. But the other one is called The Left Hand of Darkness. And I've, I've like, I've like given some of like her book, one of her books to like a friend who I know is a really big reader. And she was like, I just couldn't like, there was just, it's just like really, it's like too complicated or whatever. I mean, and it's because it's like sci-fi and she's literally building and it's like, so you have all of these terms. So I remember reading this book, like going into it, like writing notes in the margins of like, okay, this is what this is. And this is what, who this is. And so there's, there's a little bit of that going into her books, but it's so worth it because so with this is, like I said, I, I just, I just 
I think it's the Pisces in me. I just have a really terrible memory. And this is why I reread <laughs> and rewatch things because yeah. I like, yeah, I miss things. Um, but, but that's, that's funny. Cause we always joke. Cause like, I remember too many details and that's typically why I can't go back and reread books. It's just like to too be overwhelming. Like, yeah. But yeah, it's like, I know sometimes yeah. I even know what line is coming next. So there has to be like a good chunk of time between the initial right. read and the reread. Right. So. Yeah. So I, I remember reading this and I believe it was 2016 and, um, it's essentially this guy, I'm trying to remember. Um, cause like I said, I feel things before I know what they are. Like I was thinking about this yesterday, how like I have to remember the feeling and then I can, and then I backtrack yeah. and explain it. So I work backwards, <laughs> but essentially the, um, world is, um, this guy goes to this planet where the species doesn't have, um, genders. Oh. So, and er, Le Guin does a lot of this, like mm -hmm. gender, um, uh, stuff. So it's like, they don't have genders, but they reach a state of Kettering, which will make them male or female Okay. when they need to like mate but their their like person is not male or female does that make yeah. sense so it's really imagine cool. like you just get so horny one day that you just like grow a vagina yeah <laughs> or a dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like it could change yeah um and so, so like one one day you could have a vagina and then like a few months later you could just like have a penis yeah oh wow um That's interesting like i said it's been a long time i, I don't know how long um, it lasts, yeah. but I, I do, re I remember there's, so the guy that came over and I think he was like trying to like get help for his planet or something like the plot is just like, completely lost. on me. <laughs> <laughs> but like the emotions stood enough. That Seriously. Like, I need to make because, more this. Yes. Because there is this character who is, um, not, so the guy that I don't know whose name is. See, I didn't do any research, but um, he goes to the planet. He's a human. Um, goes to this planet and um, has to do something for like the better of the world or something. And he goes with this guy who is um, a species of the planet. So mm -hmm. he is I, he, her, I don't know. But I think they just say he as like a general yeah. But so, um, he has to like lead him like through, and it's this really cool planet. I really liked the aesthetics of it. Cause it was like this very like snowy barren, like land kind of like Russia or something almost, or an Antarctica kind of, uh, feel. And so he, um, he has to lead him through and he, they, he had, he kind of like falls in love with a human. And it's like this really, I, it was like the first book I really cried to. Oh, because wow. it was like it just had like a lot of like heart to it yeah um so yeah like like i said you don't get that's <laughs> all you get because i can't really remember <laughs> the details um but i just remember there was like a lot of heartbreak and like yeah what did i write down oh I f it was like very high stakes like it was just mm -hmm. like a very um do you happen story. to remember what the planet was dying from I don't think the planet was dying. I think, um, I think the human main character was like trying to 
get something to help his planet or like they were trying to like work together and like okay. get like scientific something like that like okay help i don't know <laughs> so yeah i i feel like i'm really losing um losing the game here <laughs> i mean so far i would definitely like i would have I, I would read save real yeah yeah i'm sorry Good. i should have said that the first like when we first that one I, I would definitely read save real and like i'm curious enough about Le Guin to read that book as well yeah, it's a good, it's one of her, um, it's one of her more popular ones. And that's I why feel like I grabbed it. It's like book reader sacrilege to say this, but like I've never read Le Guin. But I also didn't read a lot of sci-fi growing up. I was pretty strictly like a fantasy bitch. Yeah, no. And I only read this, I only read The Dispossessed for class. And then yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, and then I just was, I, it was the first time I was like actually interested in sci-fi because of that yeah. book like I'd always been like kind of a fantasy person but like sci-fi ways the only stuff I've really read has been like gothic sci-fi and then mm -hmm. uh Vonnegut so and I mean yeah. I love Same. Vonnegut like I haven't read a lot of like sci-fi and yeah like Vonnegut like next season man next season I know I'm excited yeah so like I shouldn't it's not like I'm not interested I think it's mm -hmm. just like you learn the visual language of books and like it grabs you and so I think just like at a very young age, I learned to gravitate visually towards like fantasy books. Mm -hmm. And even on accident, that's all, that's just what I would run into. Well, so. and I, well, and I would always like, as I just remember as a kid, I just really wanted to like, I, I wasn't a very good reader as a kid. Mm -hmm. I was always in like the special reading groups and stuff. And I just like, this is probably why, <laughs> like, cause I remember Sabriel like not even knowing what's going on and it was like oh, wow. for me like just yeah. half of the time like not really knowing what's going on because like mm -hmm. my what is it called you know the ability to like understand what's going on readability I don't know yeah I don't know what it's called but like the ability there's a to, word like, read the words and, and then, like, like no sense of them. yes exactly yeah. um oh. oh I had it for a second uh reading comprehension yes my reading comprehension was probably not very good now Lord of the Rings, the movies came out and then I was like, fuck, I want to really want to read these. And I read them, but I knew what was going to happen. So Fair. it helps. And it's Tolkien. So you're just like getting yeah. descriptions and poetry, like which yes. I'm there for. Um, yes. <laughs> so I do have to say complete tangent from our actual conversation, because we had done like the little mini episode or like the, the our film Friday episode on fellowship. Mm hmm. I wanted to bring up Tom Bombadil real quick. Mm, I know. I love him in the books. Yes. That being said, I like that they kept him out of the movies mm -hmm. because I really feel like it would have fucked up the pacing. Wasn't he in The Hobbit? Was he? No, I don't think it was him in The Hobbit. It's one of the other wizards. Radagast. Radagast, yes. Radagast was cool, not in the movies, but he was super cool. Yes, he was. Silmarillion. Um, I loved Tom Bombadil and I loved his wife. <laughs> yes wanted to be here yeah Loki. <laughs> she's just like she's just existing and the hobbits are like she's the most beautiful thing we've ever seen in our lives we'd yeah. kill ourselves if she asked us <laughs> like, like i i would love i love her more than galadriel same and i think part of it is the mystique around her yeah because you really Cause only she doesn't have a big like, part yeah yep you see it for those few minutes she's just this like gorgeous gorgeous creature 
she shows them the sweetest hostess manners mm-hmm. and then she says bye <laughs> she says sets them on their way yep yeah yeah so i i was always kind of akin to like the fantasy more yeah, so than same. like sci-fi um because it's just kind of like are you an lotr bitch or are you star wars bitch yep. you know most bitches are lord of the rings bitches i think because it's like star wars was very like geared towards guys um not to Marketing say that there wise, aren't women yes. yes not to say that there aren't women who like it but all of my boy cousins were all over the star wars and all of star us girls wars, were all over like, lord of the rings <laughs> star wars heavily attempted to gender itself as male yeah i wouldn't say it succeeded but i would definitely say that like a lot of guys drank the kool-aid yeah well there's a lot of um there's a lot of with sci-fi there's a lot of this feeling of nerd like yeah you know the nerd because trope it's, of like it's because made up of it's, it it's made it's up made of up. elements like yeah what we perceive as male with the like the computer sciences and like rockets and all of that kind of like technical shit yeah yeah exactly yeah which yeah so uh, whereas Lord of the Rings, like you can just kind of, it's like a fant, it's fantastical, and that's like yeah. a little bit more like literary, I would say, in that yeah. way. Like because, because even Lord of the Rings was, it's you're kind of going down history lane yeah, in a way. Well, like so Tolkien much of his, all of his draws... races are drawn from like yeah, from exactly, real like exactly. Pretty much every element of the story is drawn from Celtic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what like think like the uk and then kind of like scandinavia a little Mm -hmm. bit like all of their histories and like their myths and folklores so he's drawing very directly from this yeah like like lineage rohan is very like viking um Mm -hmm. very skyrim um hobbits are very um working class which i like that's why i like hobbits very like english countryside Mm -hmm. like it's literally called the shire farm yeah the farm Yep. yep yeah the shire yeah um don't know where elves come from but you know i think they actually come from myth like the so the dwarves are very directly drawn from uh norse myth Mm -hmm. the names of the dwarves actually Mm -hmm. come from the prose edda and i know i'm saying that wrong i've been corrected by somebody who speaks norwegian on my pronunciation of that um but you don't remember (laughs) well it's because of my the the d i can't get the d right because Uh, we the double d we use differently with our tongues um but he draws everything like from these actual sources so that's why like it feels more literary because if you read these older texts you're getting like this almost precursor on the lord of the rings yeah 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 exactly (laughs) back to our regular back to our yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so my next book is actually a nonfiction. So I had been gifted this in London, my last Christmas there. I can't, I got to spend two Christmases in London. <laughs> 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 um, and so it's this memoir by, oh gosh, what's her name? Dolly Alderton. She's about our age. I think she's actually like between you and me age wise. Mm-hmm. And so she grew up mostly in and just outside of London. So her family lives just outside of London. 
And then like the second she went to college, she went to college in London. I don't remember which college. It's called Everything, Everything I Know About Love. So she goes kind of from like, she gives like a little bit of precursor, memoir precursor um, to high school, learning one way or another about her relationship with her body mm. versus her self-worth versus boys, unfortunately. And how at a very young age, she became actually an alcoholic. Mm. And then navigating her early 20s in London in the 2010s, I think it would have been, with a drinking problem, a hard time dating, aggressive party scene. Because, like, granted, we didn't go to a lot of parties. <laughs> but, like, there was a huge party scene. There is a huge party is, scene yeah. in London. It's I don't know. I, pandemic-wise, maybe not quite as much. Yeah. But, like, the kind of parties where she wakes up on the opposite side of London and doesn't know how she got there. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of shit. And then, progressively, like, she gets into her later 30s and or sorry, into her later 20s, closer to her 30s, and navigating how her friendships with her like lifelong friends are changing and shifting because they're maturing. And she's like, why am I still like this? So she starts going to therapy. But it was really, it was really, I don't want to say like relatable. It was, but that feels almost like it's underselling how seen this book me- makes you mm-hmm. feel sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's so raw at certain points. And it's not even like, like she's not recounting aggressively traumatic events. They're very real kind of quotidian kind of issues. But she talks about like them and with this weight that speaks really to the emotions of those, those kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. So like just the normal event of like waking up with somebody who's a kind of lover, kind of boyfriend and everything's normal but the the moment she realizes that it's actually fake um so that's i really love that and then kind of the self-indulgent she's describing parts of london yeah. and you get to picture it and you can like her therapist has an office in oxford circus which like first mm. of all <laughs> the amount of money you need mm-hmm. to be making to have an office in oxford circus yeah cool but then retail district yeah so apparently it was just like because they had like some like not alleyways but kind of like half alleyways Mm -hmm. you just walked up one of those in through a door up like up an elevator yeah it's like probably up the some up above them floor or something Mm -hmm. yep and so then having having been to london but having been in, in those places added this nice kind of second layer because you can it's really relatability. picture, yeah, yeah, you can really, you can really picture the environment she's mm-hmm. in. So she talks about um, like the different neighborhoods she lived in at different points in her life, or in her twenties, and there was one where like the corner store knew her, the guy knew her so well that when they had a mouse in their kitchen, I think it might have actually been a rat when they had a rat in their kitchen, they just called him and he walked down trapped the rat and then left like they they all had like locked themselves in their rooms and he just came into the house and did that it's like those kinds of 
just normal life things. Yeah. It was really, it was almost like a comforting book, even though she's talking about some really sad topics. Well, there's, there's something really nice about, like you said, that quotidian, like feeling yes. of like, of like, okay, like you wake up and you walk down the street and like, yeah, you have like a rat in your apartment, like your flat, I should say. It's like <laughs> these, these things that happen and these like people that like come in and out and just like that feeling yeah. that, and like, yes, this happens. Yes. That like happens everywhere, but there's a certain way that it happens in London. Yeah. Right? And, and in every place that's like she, very, was, she... was, was probably another layer of familiarity. Like, yeah, she really acknowledges like the romanticism of mm -hmm. London, mm. which I love because she's, as she's talking about these things, she does have the opportunity having written this book and lived there for probably, I think half her life at this point, she has the opportunity to undersell it. Yeah. To make it seem like it's just such this normal thing that people shouldn't be that amazed at London, but she kind of seems continually also amazed mm -hmm. that the city is what it is. Yeah. And I love that because it was, there was like nothing more off putting than talking to somebody while we were there and then being like, Oh, it's just London. It's like, no, it's not just London. It's like an international hub. There's yeah. so much life in that city. Yes. She really captures that. Yeah. I remember there were a few moments when we were, were with our group and you'd be like, guys, we're in London. And like, yeah. And like everyone, like the other two people were just kind of like, eh. and I was like, I know. <laughs> I know. And I was like, I know we're in London. Like I tell me, myself that every day, like, cause it is, it's just like so cool. Like I remember too, like you had said it again when we, when you and I were at pizza express, yeah, like yeah. over on the Thames, like right across from St. Paul's. Oh, that was a gorgeous and it had this too, beautiful like view yes. yeah of like uh, the river and you were like oh my god can you just believe that we're in london <laughs> and i was like and that's already like a year into being there <laughs> no we were like in our last couple months or at least i was in my last couple months but like i just remember being like i appreciate that because i'm usually the one that's always like the excitable like mm -hmm. like what do you call that like sentimental Yes. Um, one and so it's always nice when someone else is sentimental and I'm, I'm, I'm like given permission to like I didn't ever want to get to the point where I was underwhelmed yeah with how beautiful that city can be mm -hmm. I have every intention of going back at some point absolutely potentially like with the goals of some point living there but like if I can't then I'm just going to visit as often as I can because I love London so much me too um oh shoot what was I going to say I can't remember. I got too, too excited about it. You got too excited. Yeah. <laughs> Anything about your book? Any last? No, I think that's about it. It was, yeah. I think it was just one of those things. Cause I'm not really a nonfiction reader typically mm -hmm. when I'm doing reading for fun. There's been a few books that have definitely stood out to me. And this is one of them. I think it was just read at the right time mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I read it actually when I came here. So after I moved to Houston and it was like, I think I've talked about this before, but like I moved to Houston kind of mid pandemic, mid lockdown. So everything was closed, shut down. I, I mean, Taylor and I know each other and mm -hmm. like 
the boys, all four of us have gotten a lot closer kind of by just force of being Mm -hmm. confined for the most part. Um, And so I think it really hit the, like the loneliness Mm -hmm. that I was feeling. Well, in the nostalgia of like a year ago where, you know, where you were and stuff. Exactly. So you had read it after you left London. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. It is. Or should I? I'm like, I, it hit them in like a good way in the kind of way it's like, I'm feeling lonely and she is expressing it in a way that makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. My turn. Yes. Uh, Okay. Um, (laughs) I didn't, I guess I feel like I didn't prepare very well, Um, (laughs) but I didn't prepare at all. No, you didn't. Um, Okay. I, I have a couple here and I can't decide. So do we want a classic or a non-classic? What's the classic? Madame, Madame Bovary. Do the non-classic. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this one is what lodged me back into reading, like officially. Um, it's not what you think though. I know. I figured, cause I think you said you wouldn't do that one. So yeah. now I'm curious. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to do, um, I don't want to do Akatar because I feel like you already know everything about it. Um, and plus, I mean, we do have plans to read it. Yeah. We want to read it. I, and so I'm like saving that. I'm like, there's just so much buzz around it. You don't need me to convince you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one is, um, so like I said, I didn't really get into fantasy officially until last year, but this Mm -hmm. one's not fantasy. It was a historical fiction um, called The Locksmith's Daughter by Karen Brooks. Oh. And I was literally so bored in the middle of lockdown. I was so bored. I was so done watching shows. Like, Uh, yes. And I was like, Nalani, can you take a pic? take pictures of the books you have because I am so I just need something I need something Mm -hmm. so she took pictures of all her books and she had this one called the locksmith's daughter and it had um the cover has like it looked like uh it was um run it like English renaissance um she had this like bright golden dress or whatever and she's just walking through the streets of London and I'm like London (laughs) (laughs) ding 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 like ooh, um (laughs) and um not only that, but like 16th century London, you know, like 1500s or whatever. Yeah. Um, so she, what I loved about this book was that she has this huge transformation, which I think is just like what I live for in books. Like if you're not going to give me like character development, I'm like that with shows too. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't care how cool, like, the plot twist is, like, yes. or the one-liners. Yes. Like, I need someone to, like, feel something, like, and I want to feel it with them. Kurt Vonnegut, totally related, I promise. Mm-hmm. Turt Von... <laughs> yep. <laughs> Turd Vonnegut. <laughs> yep. Blooper. Kurt, I think I actually said Turk. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kurt Vonnegut has his eight tenets of storytelling, and one of them is basically like put your characters through hell because mm-hmm. people do not care if they don't know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Well, and what weren't you telling me too? Was it V.E. Schwab? 
the mantra. Yes. And that they have to break yes, the mantra. Yes, break like, the that's mantra. so interesting to me. Yes. yes. Cool. I also so, love that conceptualization yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so she, so she is the locksmith's daughter. She's this locksmith that lives in London. And of course, this is all east. It's all like actually the city of London, which is like in the east-ish mm-hmm. side. Yeah. Um, back when London was much smaller, yeah. which I love. I'm just like looking at maps and stuff and I'm like, oh. and not like nine separate zones. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the city of London, like where the, the black. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. So she, um, has been learning how to do like locks and stuff and like, like apprenticing. Locks. Yeah. And so the, um, the spy master of the tower of London is like friends with, her dad um is this my master uh cute no oh i can't just remember it's a sexy name name. i got excited please continue he was like (laughs) he was like a guy i don't know um he was he's in need of someone that can like work undercover and stuff and so um somehow she gets in on that so she becomes a spy and she has like these assignments and it was really fun because she was like she'd be like walking she would have to learn how to like um memorize like she would walk through mark the market like and she would have to memorize like when people like came out to do things and like all of just these different yeah. yeah she would have to like learn all of these different things and it was just like really fun um and uh she has a best friend who's in the theater and he is so fun like yes and then there's this so he brings this lord nathaniel i can't even say his name (laughs) to her house and he's like so she's like you know i don't know like very like quiet and stuff and like always wears black like she just is very like closed up and there's a reason for that because she has like a past she -hmm. got like married off and so she hates like her parents she got married off and was like abused like on she like lived on this farm and was like abused um sexually like horrifically um and then she managed to uh she i think she was um I can't remember if she was pregnant or if she had the baby. I think she had the baby and like ran off and like it died. And it was just like, uh, yeah. it was just like really traumatic. Um, so she comes back and she's just like completely like, you know, just guard up. up. She's not like alive, you know? Yeah. Um, but wait, so she, she comes back to her parents' house. Yeah. Okay. And so she's kind of disowned cause she like left him and stuff. I think he's still yeah. alive like her husband or whatever but she was just like frustrated um but so there was just a lot of like um there's like this moment in the attic where she like has to kind of like gather herself being back in this house Mm -hmm. like with her family who did who like subjected her to yes exactly um and so but then like lord nathaniel comes and like actually sees her and he's like I loved it because he's like very, um, he's like very, like playful, and like you know, like I don't know the word for it, but like just like flirtatious. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she, Charming. yes, yes. <laughs> and she like kind of bites back a little bit, but like not very much because she's still like, so like guarded and stuff. Um, but then her friend, I forget his name, but her friend that's like in theater and stuff is like, I don't know. He's just like so sweet. Um, but there was like a really good example of like, um, there's this part that was like, so this book had like a lot of character growth but it also had like really harrowing scenes like not only of like abuse so there is like some like sexual abuse yeah there's sexual abuse and there's like some like physical abuse a little bit and then you um but then there's this part where they go to the three of them go or her and her friend that's in the theater i don't know his name goes to um (laughs) this uh what do they call it I don't think it's a beheading, but it's like a execution execution. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like really crazy. And she's like, she just like starts throwing up and just like, can't like, it was just like a really interesting way because part of you is just kind of like, how did people do that? Like, I remember reading that in classes in London of just like people who would like have like, um, would do surgery on people and just like like, alive. Yeah, because we didn't have anesthesia until, like, the late 1800s. But, like, they would use surgery as, like, a, as, like, an example. And they would literally just, like, have someone up there and be like, look at his heart. It's so, like, dead. And it's, like, still alive. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Look, I'm holding his bare heart. It's weird. It's not pumping now. Yeah. Um, Like, pulling out his intestines and he's, like, still alive and screaming. Like, shit like that. And and you're like, how did people, how did people, like be okay like obviously like we know but like being in that and then now i'm reading the story about someone who you're supposed to relate with and then also like also believes in like that it's like because the idea the reason why that that like worked and like as like a what am i trying to say like um on um in pu- like public executions and stuff worked so much is because people believed that they were evil and yeah. that your body would manifest it and so when you showed the body parts and said see like it was just like that kind of thing and so like obviously we don't believe that anymore but like coming it was just interesting to see that there were st- like i i believe that there were still people who didn't believe that like or yeah. that would just be able to like have an effect on that kind of yeah, not everyone enjoyed yeah. those things. No, yeah. Um, it does make me think of the Hogarth uh, mm-hmm. etching of the, the the last panel in the Rake's Progress. Was it mm. where he ends up? Because it was always criminals who would be in the surgeries. Yes. Like one, a, a punishment for people for criminals was to end up in a classroom where it was like. Uh, like a theater style, theater. but like fully round. Mm-hmm. And in the middle would be a doctor dissecting a criminal. Yeah. Do not look up this this like panel if you are easily squeamish because it shows them mid-surgery. Granted, yeah. it's like line, it's like uh what's it called? Well they would get they would get cadavers from like prisons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um What's it? Oh, now it's going to bother me. Art style where it's just lines. Etching? Hatching. Because I think it's like 
hatching and then you got cross hatching where they like go right. across each other. Yeah. Technically it's just that, but it's still, it's still a pretty dark piece, but yes, yeah. I agree because when you learned about the way that like public executions were kind of a town event on Sundays, it's very easy to look at the past and look at ancestors and think of them as this very kind of uneducated, discompassionate, dirty, like mm. immoral kind of conglomerate. Mm. Like it makes it very easy to sell the myth that like no one was an individual. Yeah. Well, that like knowledge yeah. is kind of like progressively going up and it's measurable. And mm -hmm. then like human evolution just continually moves at an upward ascension. And like in reality, yes, we have more technology, but we're still probably not that different today, like in embodying as mm -hmm. an individual as our ancestors were. No, and and that and this was only like four hundred four or five hundred years ago, which isn't that long. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. So I think the only difference is that the like perception of morality around it has changed mm -hmm. yeah so people who we view now as normal who would find this disgusting back then were the the outliers yeah yeah i think a lot more people would have found it a lot more people alive today would find it enjoyable than are likely to admit it well there's there's a level of it still happening today, which I won't oh, get yeah. into. Oh, yeah, 100%. But it's not, yeah, it's not, like, to, to someone's death necessarily, always. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, it's, it was, and I think a lot of what made me, what I think, why I think she had the effect that she had was because she had experienced it in one way or another. Yeah. You know, um being someone's you know punching bag or whatever yeah. and so uh but yeah then lord nathaniel takes her on his horse back to safety yeah <laughs> um, of course he does but there is like it 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 had there were no lulls like i just it was such a roller coaster ride she ends up getting captured and put into the tower so Ooh. and then gets rescued from the tower and then like the ending is so sweet because it's like they obviously run away from London because they can't go back and he, like they have like their, you know, union <laughs> and he just like, he just like, like literally weeks after she's been like tortured in the tower, um, just like, it was just the sweet moment of just him just like accepting her body the way that it was, it was yeah just like oh and then he fell in love with her yeah it didn't and matter so, what her body was like lord the lord nathaniel i know you can't even <laughs> say his name without like i can't oh. <laughs> and like <Yeah>. nathaniel <laughs> yeah but yeah just like that it totally was a normal way to say a man's name exactly but it was good like i would i would probably read it again nice nice and it was just cool to see the different scenes as well because you've got like a little bit of the theater side mm -hmm. and like her friend like had like a lover and like and it was just like because that's like theater like really brought that's where like a lot of like homosexuals would go to like feel mm -hmm. comfortable and so like it was just like really kind of seeing those like little like 
communities and then also just like the spy work that she did was cool and just like i don't know it was very fun i'd probably read it yeah i like historical Good. fiction yeah um, a suggestion related to that but not my official third suggestion is uh the sin eater which is one that i read before i moved out to houston so when i was still like, living in phoenix very beginning of the pandemic set during like this a similar time period um but there used to be these figures called sin eaters and basically what they were doing is like they were charged because typically they were some sort of criminal with eating the sins of the dead and so when somebody would die certain foods would be associated with certain sins and at their wake or at their funeral or whatever event this family or person could afford, they'd have a witness and the sin eater would come in and eat their sins, the symbol of their sins. Mm. But then they were, they would absorb them. So you're oh. the, like, the reason it's a punishment is because they're also absorbing the sins of all of mm -hmm. these people. So typically if a person knew that they were dying, the sin eater would come in and they actually wouldn't be allowed to speak until that they were with the person who was dying and say, please confess your sins. And you had to be honest because if you lied or if you omitted anything, then the sin eaters wouldn't absorb anything. Like the theory was, you had to be honest because if anything in there was a lie, then the sin eating was for not and you're gonna go to hell anyway. Yeah. And so the plot ends up being, <clears throat> that like a very very high standing woman in this community somebody who is second or who is like close to the queen because it's very loosely queen elizabeth right um dies she confesses her she's confessing her sin she dies they go to the the next day to the wake and the what is it the so you've got like the older senator and then the younger one who's the main character the older senator refuses to eat something that was on the uh casket mm. and then somebody in the room i can't remember who it was is like you have to eat everything and she doesn't say anything she just stops eating and she leaves the one thing on there and the thing's supposed to mean like i think like infanticide mm. and she refuses to eat it and so they take the older sin eater and they charge her with treason or some shit and kill her but then the question becomes who left that out there because it wasn't a confessed sin who is trying to accuse this person who's very close to what is supposed to be like a queen elizabeth a, a figure of infanticide because there are already rumors that this pseudo Queen Elizabeth had had mm -hmm. a child and had killed the child. It's very good. Very good. Yeah. 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 That is really interesting because it's already like, it's like, it's already like super, like there's a lot of ethical shit going yes. on that it's yeah. already just like blank point blank just like anything goes kind of anything can happen yes. kind of thing. yeah it was, it was yeah. a pretty good book um okay but now my actual th third yeah. is song of achilles mm. by madeline miller so 
so real quick i did start to read this yes and i am a um chronic start don't finish kind of person that's why i'm here today yeah Yeah. (laughs) to spread the good word because i like i read it and i was like oh this is kind of interesting and then it just wasn't i don't know i think it was just like a book in the sales zone but yeah no go ahead i've heard really good things about it though so so as somebody who's read a lot of greek myth retellings i might say that this is my favorite like arguably one of the best greek retellings of all time and that's including homer who wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey (laughs) as like a retelling of the oral tradition. So it's all told from Patroclus' point of view, who is like... What's his name? Patroclus. Patroclus. Yeah, he's Achilles. In some versions of the myth, cousin. In some version, just like his squire figure. Um, In some versions, actively, actually a lover, which wouldn't have been uncommon. It was the Greeks assuming that these are based off real figures. So telling the story of the Iliad from the point of view of the, like, not the hero, I think was a really, really interesting point of view because it's supposed to be this big, fantastical, heroic epic, right? You get the hero destined to die, Achilles. You get this very, very just war. In the book, it's even kind of implied that Helen was... It wasn't very hard to convince Helen to leave. Right. If you know what I mean. Um, And so kind of seeing this outside of, like, Agamemnon's propaganda... Yeah, it's really it's a really nice point of view on a very classic story and because you kind of get the back story like the background on a lot of different situations so you'll kind of you'll get Patroclus in their tent on the beach at Troy and he's talking about these like he's really passively sometimes talking about these major events that happen in the like what would have been like 20 pages of description in the Iliad in a very passive way, because he's not worried about the war. He's worried about his love Achilles. Mm -hmm. And there's something so human about that because the Greeks, and I'm not like judging the Greeks for this, because that's, this is kind of the purpose of their stories that their myths held is that you deify these figures because they're meant to symbolize something bigger than yes. just your normal man. They're meant to symbolize what you should aspire to physically, mentally, emotionally. It's like Odysseus is a hero, not because he's this skilled fighter, but because he's overly intelligent. Mm-hmm. Because he knows how to think his way out of things. That's what makes him a hero. Theseus is a hero because he overcame great odds. Hercules is a hero because he's smart and strong. Achilles was destined to be this great warrior. And so getting them from Patroclus' point of view, it really humanizes the figures that are mm-hmm. in the story. Um, because Okay, so like Odysseus is in the Iliad. So obviously he's in Song of Achilles. Where we would see, reading it from like the, the heroic epic standpoint, 
uh, an intelligent genius, this tactile, amazing king slash warrior, Patroclus doesn't trust him, which is fair because if you think about that kind of figure in real life, you don't trust him because Mm -hmm. he's too smart for his own good or for anyone's good. And so I like the way that that was like a very realistic expression of somebody who's not that strong and not that smart experiencing the presence of somebody who has the power of a kingship plus real intelligence. Additionally, it does have gods in there because again, it's Greek myth. And even in like old stories, the gods were a very real presence in their plays and in their epics. And whenever they're in these stories, they it's you've got like Athena who's disguised as an old man or an old woman trying to trick somebody. Or you have like Hermes kind of showing up while you think you're about to die and just kind of saving the day, saving you at least for five minutes long enough to survive and then leaving. But one character that actually plays a really big, one god that plays a really big part in this is Achilles' mom. But they, so they, they, she, Miller kind of balances the line between terrifying goddess and just scared mother. Right. Because his mom obviously doesn't want him to fight in a war that he's destined to die in. Even if it means that they'll win, it's something like, I can't remember what the the prophecy was specifically, but I'm pretty sure it's something along the lines of like, if he doesn't fight in the war, they're destined to lose. And like Greek Hellas will fall forever kind of thing. But if he does, he'll die. They'll win, but he'll die. Right. And she she obviously doesn't give a shit about Greece. She doesn't give a shit about Agamemnon's beef. She's just like, I want to save my little boy. Yeah. But also, I'm a terrifying sea goddess. And Melissa will never figure out how this man had sex with me. Because <laughs> I think she's supposed to have, like, fins. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, how do mermaids have sex? Yeah. Well, in How the light- human in, have sex with a sea in, goddess like this. In the lighthouse, you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, but yeah, so I think she like Miller just does this very good job of modernizing the story without losing the integrity of the story. Do you feel like for someone who doesn't know anything about Greek oh, would yeah. enjoy something like this? Yeah. Like they would because be able to. She turned it from it. this war ballad into a love song, mm-hmm. and that's that's like the age old dichotomy to begin with, mm-hmm. war and love. But she does it so so perfectly. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I think you should finish it and then tell me how it is. Tell me it, how you yeah. like it. Well, I took it back to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's fair. I was. It, it wasn't that I, I didn't London. like it. It was. It was. I. I just wasn't in the mood for it at the time. I no, think. Like fair. I was just like, oh, I'm. I kind of want something else right now. Yeah. And I had kind of like, um, just you know when you just want to spend money <laughs> on books. Yes. <laughs> yes. I read it on my phone on the tube, so I just. Like I got the Kindle mm-hmm. app on my phone and I would just scroll. I set it to like the continuous scrolling 
So that way nice. I wouldn't like beat myself up about page numbers. And I just yeah. like went through, I finished it in like a couple days. Nice. Yeah. 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 It wasn't very long. No. I, I do have the other one that she wrote, Cersei, here. Mm -hmm. I need to read that one. Oh, you haven't but, read that one yet? Okay. No, not yet. I didn't get that one until recently. So Okay. I've heard good things about it. I mean, I've just seen it a lot. Yeah. So. Is it yeah. is it newer than Song of Achilles? I can't remember. Let's, let me look. Oh, it's, it's under other books. I'll look later. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so that is my third. So recap, I really want to read The Hollows. Yes, yes. And I think I, I think I want to read Left Hand of Darkness. Okay. Yeah. So I won you over then? <laughs> yes, you did. 100%. <laughs> We could, um, cause I, cause I have thought about, it. I was like, oh, which one do I like better? The Dispossessed or the Left Hand of Darkness? And I think the Dispossessed had more, like you saw more. So I feel like there's just like more themes to explore. I also, there's a lot like more quote, like it's definitely her most popular, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but Left Hand of Darkness is still very good. So. Yeah, I'd be down to toy with whichever one we want to read for for next season. I would. I I definitely want to do the dispossessed with you because okay. it's more okay. political. That's fair. I'm yeah. down for that. I, I, I want to discuss it with you. Yeah. 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 If they're not there, I'll bring them next, up anyway. Next uh, season's going to be very political. Yeah, well, we're doing not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. It's going to be very. It's just going to be talking a bit more about like politics like just um political, political kind of the higher yeah. sense not like in the day-to-day -day sense kind of thing yeah yeah um yeah yeah i'm excited yeah oh my gosh i just got like a huge whiff a huge whiff of, of garlic from under the door <laughs> i think it must be in the ac because like it turned on and it was just like it hit me in the face oh wait is that what that humming was was the garlic <laughs> i heard like this humming, so. and, yeah. and then you were like this whoosh of garlic came <laughs> yeah i feel like i've been accosted <laughs> yeah accosted uh okay so i think that's pretty solid yeah i think th three was good three was good yeah yeah so then join us next week where we'll be talking about king of scars king of scars yes i'm almost finished with it and it's very good same i'm very excited I, i'm enjoying it a bit more than i thought i would yeah same yeah i wish which isn't to say i wasn't expecting to like it i knew i was gonna like it yeah i'm just liking it more than i thought yeah 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 Cool. Oh, it's by Lee Bardugo. <laughs> Le yeah, is it Lee or Lay? I think it's Lee. Lee, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I only see this it. This is a so. problem when everything's writ uh, <laughs> written. When you just read yeah. it, I don't say it out yeah. loud. Lee Bardugo. Please don't correct me. Yeah, is it? It's Bardugo too. Will not be taking constructive criticism nope. at this time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. meanwhile, you can find us on Instagram at in bed with books pod. Also on YouTube, you can see full video versions unedited, um, as well as film Fridays and other yes. stories. I've decided to call the segment film and other stories because sometimes we talk about milk. Sometimes yeah. we talk about London. Shows. Sometimes London. we talk about shows. Um, but we definitely have like films lined up. We just did the fellowship of the ring. 
-hmm. that was super fun really excited to do two towers um but we also did like our like fall favorites which are just like our favorite meg ryan movies which is coming soon yeah you've got mail and harry met sally so you can't have fall without meg ryan so those are youtube exclusives um Mm -hmm. you can only find them on youtube so definitely head over there and subscribe and check out our website check out our website thank you we created over our break our hiatus we made a website um in bed with books pod.com and you can see like our pictures of us and stuff <laughs> yeah like they are the most recent pictures you're gonna get of me right now yeah yeah what else is on there i mean just like uh, everywhere you can find us yes we have a blog and yeah. we're we but do that's reviews. only on the website only on the website mm-hmm. website exclusive <laughs> yes is um the blog and we do mm-hmm. reviews um I believe Melissa did one on Blue Shadows by Lenora Studsnecker. And then, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Okay. Yes. Okay. And then um, I did, which is like an ARC, which is really exciting. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. And then I did, uh, I just did a thought piece, uh, as, as you would say, <laughs> as you would call it, um, on Made, the Netflix original that just came out, um, because I watched it and I was like, shit, this is like too real yeah too close to home it's literally called made too close to home so uh definitely check it out because we do lots of other stuff on the blog so we're yeah. excited to put out more content for you guys yeah exactly different kinds of content keep yeah keep, keep it interesting so but uh me we'll see you next week then yeah happy reading happy reading bye bye Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have a completely new background. (laughs) (laughs) Who's to say? I'll finally finally get my whole room and desk set up and it'll be like, whoa, who is this? And then you just be like, after some technical difficulties, (laughs) whole new space. Bethany did a house redo. Yeah. In her stress induced, like stress induced uh, blackout. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay.